Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Zach. What's up, gents? Hey, you know, um, <clears throat> feeling good. First round jitters are, are dispersed. Um, not totally. I'm still feeling jittery, but, uh, <laughs> but, but they have been successfully overcome and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, physically terrible, uh, mentally and spiritually fantastic for a lot of reasons, Mike. A I imagine we're going to talk about those reasons today, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed we will. Uh, so we're going to be talking a fair bit about Invader League today. We're also going to talk briefly about an upcoming AMG preview weekend, multi-day situation, um, which we have the schedule right in front of us here. So let's, why don't we open with that and the news. Welcome to In the News. So AMG is doing what they're calling a mini stravaganza this weekend. Uh, apparently i this came up fast i like i like i heard people talk about it and stuff but like i didn't really pay attention until you guys mentioned it to me like 10 minutes ago and we're like it's this weekend and i was like oh okay um yeah sounds cool they've got like a lot on the schedule so yeah it's a lot of painting stuff there's clearly going to be some previews in here we got at 10 p.m eastern on friday the title of the event is Yoda, you seek Yoda. And the description is, come join members of the AMG crew as they hang out, paint, and discuss the upcoming Star Wars Legion. Commander Jedi Master Yoda! Exclamation point. Uh, great. I'm yeah. all in. It's not Mace Windu, but I'll take Yoda. He's like, he's my... Um... He's my, my, second, my second choice as far as cool uh, Jedi characters go from my Republic list. I mean, yeah. you can't have the Republic and not have Yoda. Let's yeah, see. totally. I mean, you got to have him. Totally. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's great. All care. of the lightsaber users in the Republic faction are just so awesome. <laughs> I can't tell whether you're, I mean, Obi-Wan is amazing. He's okay. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Oh man, Zach's over there giving me the cringy eyes. <laughs> the reason Obi Wan is is sparsely played is has nothing to do with Obi Wan or his stat line or his command cards. Both Anakin players are out, and the remaining player left with Obi Wan yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. So hey, but All he hasn't played yet. That's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we also got on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Star Wars Legion: New Fronts. Join Luke Eddy and other members of the development team as they discuss what lies on the horizon for Star Wars Legion. It seems like something. I don't it's, know. It, something it's exciting. not nothing. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, it's good to have some excitement pumped back into Star Wars Legion, I think. So I'm excited. I know they were talking about some like Vader-y thing on the... Um, cast it not cast but whatever they did a while back yeah um and so it it sounded like that might be like this might be like when it happens and like there's a their like intro thing for the whole event was that like there's going to be some sort of like global campaign thing during the weekend i it's not real specific as to what that's going to look like so but i could see the like things that they were talking about maybe tying into that so um, that would be pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm in for that. Yeah, very excited. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll have a very interesting cast next week after all this occurs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's not, not a ton of details to yeah. go on at the moment. So. Right. <laughs> Other than the absence or presence of certain characters. Um, totally. I, for one, will be getting and painting Yoda, even though I do not play Republic, because it's Yoda. I mean, also... He's got to be like the easiest model in the world to paint, right? It's like brown robes, paint them green, and you're done. Oh yeah, he's gonna be easy to look awesome. Make yeah. make look awesome. Um, and, yeah, yeah. He's gonna look like a hobbit too, next to all yeah. those clone troopers, which is gonna right. be 
Great. Definitely. It'll be amazing. I'm not going to lie. 10 p.m. on a Friday night like seems like not an ideal time, but the more I think about it, it's actually like super ideal because like kids will be asleep. Like it's late at night. I'm up anyways. Like it's kind of perfect for my situation. I'm not going to lie. Well, and this is originally in Pacific Standard Time, which of course right. AMG is based on the West Coast. So it is it is notionally listed as 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So but we are, of course, all on the East Coast. So to that, to us, that is 10 p.m. But uh, yeah, 7 p.m. is a perfectly normal time for people to be doing things. It's also like an all day. I mean, this goes from 9 in the morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, all the way through 7 p.m. Pacific. So it's a jam-packed situation uh, for three days straight, basically. Of course, this is not just Legion. Uh, I assume we'll hear about Amarada and X-Wing and also, uh, you know. I assume Crisis Crisis Protocol Protocol, is going to headline this. I just like, I don't think they've had enough time to really truly transition yet. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but like, I I expect most of the content over the weekend to probably be Crisis Protocol related. Unless, Unless they've really just like, you know, got the furnace churning but i i guess we'll see you know yep we'll see i'm really digging the fact that this is even a thing you know this is kind of like the multi-day content production that gw has become known for recently and Mm -hmm. i'm really loving that we're seeing something like this especially in the midst of a pandemic you know everybody's so hungry for some sort of interaction uh, that them slamming us with three days of miniatures related streaming is pretty awesome. So thanks, AMG. I'm excited. All right. Let's hit Invader news. So why don't we, why don't you and I both play the game, Mike? So let's not with, with each other this time. <laughs> with other people. Uh, Although that may be coming soon. We don't know. <laughs> well, we can only hope. That's a yeah, long, yeah. I think that would be top eight for both of us, right? Uh, I think it's. I think it. I think it's top sixteen, actually. Really? I could be wrong about that. Maybe it's top eight. Um, anyway, I'm worrying about the game that's in front of me, which is not against you. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. What's your next uh, one? So, it's um, it's against Dixon, who's playing. Oh, the, the Dubacks. <laughs> yeah, Flame Dubacks plus Snowtrooper Ion plus Darth Vader. <laughs> Clearly designed as a droid counter list, and I am in fact playing droids. So. <laughs> yeah we'll i guess you know that's you know kind of, I, i'm not like clearly he couldn't plan for this but that's like definitely something that go, fits into uh the category of eh, kyle looks at it and is like what do i do here right like um you know i don't know so yeah we'll see i'm not i'm not a very i'm very <laughs> very unexcited about facing a bunch of flamethrowers and ion weapons i looked at the list and it's like it's like super slanted to just kill droids oh yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah that is its sole purpose <laughs> i mean considering that 45 percent of people took droids not a bad not a bad plan yeah no, no totally i mean i the foresight there clearly was um very very exceptional We'll see. I uh, I hope you make it. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate your confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I did I did play my first game to get, to get to this point against Death Trooper Wargaming, mm-hmm. and he was running the dreaded, maybe not so dreaded, thirteen activation droid spam with staps and B ones and snipers and a T series. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, basically, he the Staps got out a little bit ahead of the rest of his dudes. I plastered them with B2 rockets, and after that, all, all quote-unquote, all he had left was six activations of full B1s, a T-series, and three snipers, and it was basically over. So, um, Because as it turns out, 10 activations of B1s is not very good. No, it's really not. Um, yeah. It, it, the, the takeaway for me... Was that uh, it was it was a clear case of right on Vaps thinking they needed to make a play early, and uh, it didn't work out for them. And I think I've said this a million times in the cast, and I've eaten eaten these words recently. But the last person you want to like you know do that to is Kyle, 
because Kyle will take advantage of those situations. Tune in next 90, week. 92, You're jinxing me again, Zach. 92% of the time. I'll give you 8% this time. Um, but like, uh, but seriously though, like putting yourself in that position against you is, is, is hard to come back from because once you take away one step, the other two, the other two steps probably feel like they need to make the next play. And the, then, then the down to one step and that step feels like it needs to make a play. And next thing you know, he's down three steps. And honestly, once those steps were down, you knew it was, it was over. Um, not over per se, but it was, it was an uphill battle. You know, you could tell with his, you could tell like once his steps went down, the way he was positioning his B1s, uh, like he was trying to make any play possible to like make up for, you know, those plays. Um, my advice would be, uh, you know, death, uh, death trooper war game. If he was listening, the positioning that he had with his B ones turns like two and three would have been the ideal time for those stats to go in. Right. Um, because if he were to overwhelm you with those B ones, like he was going with, you know, like he was going to there and he brought those stats in at the same time, you might not have had an answer, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the, the trade, the trade-offs early on really hurt. Well, and that's the thing that I think we've seen so far about the 13 activation droid lists is, so we alluded to this a little bit in the open, but they are so far two and six. I think they and, might actually be two and seven as of this cast. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so of the 11, only four are left after the first round. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And I mean, like, not to but like one of those two wins is also like Luke Cook who should be able to win with just about any list right yeah, so right. I don't know how much how much like yeah um so it, it to suffice to say is not doing very well um which is interesting I think just from a like I, I thought it was going to be pretty good against other droids frankly yeah I mean it's hard to say so there's there's really like three components here I think and I'm I'm not clear on on what the what combination of these it is. Basically, you have uh, player skill, right? Yeah. It is at a minimum, it's proving a very difficult list to pilot because your focus piece is your steps. Steps are extremely fragile when they're caught out of position and or flat footed. And you know, for as much as people sing the praises of B ones, once you have a list with just a bunch of B ones in it, like. I mean, they're just, just a bunch melts. of right. Like the <laughs> well, what happens is they have to go into positions they don't want to. Right. The thing about B ones, they like to stay behind heavy cover and out of line of sight until they need to. But if their back is against the wall and they have to start making plays, they have to push and push. Right. And if they're pushing, they're probably putting themselves in a position to get you know flapped back. Yeah. I mean, so I've watched most of these games so far. Um, because because we have such an awesome streamer contingent they basically have all been televised it's been crazy it's been awesome which has been fantastic uh, the common thread in just about all of them is that the staffs are not engaging at the same time the rest of the army is and yeah and like on the on its surface level you're like okay that's probably like an easy mistake to fix i actually think it's a lot harder in that you kind of have to know from the beginning of the game, what turn your whole army is going to engage on. And if you get it wrong, you're in real bad shape. Um, and like, I actually think that objectives like payload are like a little bit better for this list because it kind of forces you to think about exactly when the timing is to like, actually that your, that your whole wave is engaging at the same time. Because in, in all these games, I've seen people, play the stats like tauntauns and like tauntauns really don't engage with the rest of the army because that's all there is right um and tauntauns like, are a lot more durable than stats totally right <laughs> they, can, they can enter melee and become safe whereas the stats it's really hard to last first with them because of how fragile they are and they don't have that melee blanket to protect them T totally like even even just like the raw dice like hit point pool of the tons i think really kind of like can keep them like you can you can soak a shot maybe before they die on the turn that you after the turn after you crash and like consecutively what i've seen is just like these stats flying in 
you know, maybe they get a good shot or two and then they instantly just get blown off the table because there's nothing else pressure in these, these lists. Um, and, you know, I, so it, is it just, I think, I think skill is a component here. I, I also think that the list is actually really hard to pilot. I don't, I don't think it's an easy list to play because like, it's decided in deployment. And if you don't have the foresight to like, no, I'm engaging on turn four instead of turn three, you might just, you might just lose. Yeah. Like last season we saw the quote unquote net list be like Rexstar, right? Rexstar is a much easier list to play than this list. And it's being shown that right now. Um, like, I don't I want to say that Rexstar last season was an autopilot, but it kind of was, right? Like, you got into position, you, you stand by. It was, the, it was the clone mirror games that you had to kind of play a different, different kind of game. And that, that's where some players got exposed was in the mirror matches, I think. I mean, the, uh, the Rexstar lists were intrinsically time and neutral. Right. Like, just generally. Yeah. Right? That's that what I'm was, saying. That was how they were built, for sure. Right. And that this, game, this list is definitely not timing neutral. I mean, it's far from it. Uh, I think on paper, it might be believed to be like, to believe, oh, well, I have perfect order control. And I know Kyle, we've discussed this like three episodes in a row now. Perfect order control is a little bit overrated as we've discussed in, you know, in certain situations. This list might actually be like the example, exhibit A of how perfect order control is, is, is overrated because you have all the control that you need, but timing it all correctly can be a bit of a problem well and so in the past we've talked about perfect order control being overrated i think it's important to note that order control of your focus pieces is still absolutely critical yeah but that's very different from just having every token face up or the equivalent um but I also, go ahead. well i i think you know going back to the the difficulty to pilot part of part of a good list is kind of being able to make mistakes and not be punished significantly for it um you know and that's part of why Rexstar, i think was part of, a little bit easier to pilot is because if you make a positioning state mistake you know you've got shared dodge tokens and red saves and surges to rely on you're, you're um, not you're not instantly dead if something's out of position right right yeah and I think too, just at, well, since we're comparing this to Rexstar, besides just the difficulty to pilot component, I think the power level of Rexstar relative to other lists was wildly different than this one relative to other lists. You know, it's it's gotten a lot of same hype, and I like, I think I think it actually is a good list in the right hands, and maybe you know Luke will demonstrate that for everybody. But um, even that considered, it's. Like it's not the same as Rexstar as far as being a meta boogeyman in the same way. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I do think that like if you, if it's piloted well, I think it can feel terrifying be, because if you've got 10 units moving in it at you at the same time that are all like doing like lethal amounts of damage, um, that's that's very good. But the, the thing is that you know, in, in all of these matches, it has been piecemeal engagements, and this list just can't operate like that. Um, I was thinking about it earlier, and, like, the way I would quantify it is this, is that, like, if you don't have, like, the amount of reps that you normally would have with, like, a, a different list, right, and you go to, like, a local store tournament, let's say it's a 13-act list, and you only have, like, three or four games under your belt with it. You'll, you'll, and you're, you're a good skill player. You'll probably win the events with the 13 act list, right? Because it's local. It's a good list. It can overwhelm your opponent. Right. And I was thinking this earlier round Robin is basically like the local event of invader league, right? It's you're going to your store tournament. You're playing, you know, different levels of competition. The list will probably perform well in those five games. But if like those four or five games and like the three before you had are all that you had with this list, that might not be enough practice with this list because it's so hard to figure out and time it right. And we're being shown that single limbs, which probably is, let's say single limbs, I was thinking to myself earlier, is like LVO or like Nova Open. 
And it's actually more like the later rounds of those tournaments where it's yeah. tougher and tougher, tougher, right? Like single eliminations is, and I'm not talking like round one of LVO. I'm talking like round three, four, and then you're on to, you know, the next day, right? That's what single eliminations is. And what I mean by that is your opponent in round three and round four at LVO, judge, judging on how your schedule is going to play out and, you know, how it works out is going to be a better opponent than you played round one and two, most likely, right? The, or at least that's how that uh, theoretically, right. They're going to pounce on your mistakes way differently than the person round one would in theory. And I think that's what we're seeing here is that like the 13 act list won the local event and it's struggling at the top of it. And, and sure there's still players, really good players with the list still active. I'm not saying that they won't win with it, but the thing is, is that Luke probably has like 20 reps with this list too. Right. That's the key component here. Like Luke has practiced list, practiced this list probably more than anyone. So his success with the list is not necessarily a reflection of the list on a whole, but more of the player itself. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think the jury is still out as far as how effective it's going to be, but clearly at a minimum, it's difficult to run. Yeah. I mean, I think I we can say that think... much so far. I definitely think it's totally possible we see it at the top tables. I, I I don't think that, but I do think that the percentage, the perceived percentage of how many of those lists were going to be in the top tables has dwindled immensely. Yeah. You know, um, Hate to see it. Someone actually, <laughs> <laughs> you sound so sad, Zach. Yeah. Someone actually compared it to like a Palpatine list, you know, in the Tauntaun meta where Palpatine was both extremely rare um difficult to use but also highly effective i mean of the there were i think four uh u.s events sort of during the tauntaun meta and palpatine won two of them <laughs> so um and in both cases was essentially one of like you know two or three palpatine lists at the, both of those tournaments um so i think it could be a similar situation with this 13 activation staff list where it's absolutely terrifying in the right hands but if people try and copy it like, you know, photocopy the list and throw it on the table, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I also think, like, I think the meta may have, like, countered itself a little bit. I actually think, I, I thought they were going to be really good against the IS list, but I actually think B2s are, like, really good against this list. Because they kind of, like, they, like, auto-counter a lot of what this list is counting on, which is, like, hiding behind cover to some extent. You know, like, the speeders innately have speeder one or whatever. And like the B1s also want to be hiding around cover, but like when you just have blast every shot, um, it, it takes away a lot of the natural defense of the army. Um, yeah, I think, I think Kyle's opening salvo was like a, a stat flew in, ripped a shot at the B2s, did like one wound, and then Kyle just blasted a stat off the table. Like that's, that is a bad exchange for those stats, you know? Yeah, that's the other thing is B2s, you know, while B1s can decidedly not take a hit, certainly not an out-of-cover one, um, B2s can. <laughs> totally, totally. So, you know, the staff's flying there. If they're shooting B2s, they're they're doing a good amount of damage probably, but they're not going to fully eliminate them. And then the B2s fire up those rockets and those range two guns and the staffs are gone. <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyway, how was your match, Mike? Yeah, so my match was today. Um, I have been playing Rexstar. Uh, my opponent, uh, Gas Powered Stick, um, was playing Dugu Tank. Grievous. Um, sorry, not Dugu. Yeah, Grie Grievous Tank. Um, six B1s, three of them had heavies. Uh, there was a sniper team in there and attack droid. Um, so basically, it was like it was like a bun bunch of bodies with Grievous and in, in AAT. And um, we ended up playing Hemden Sabotage Supply Drop, um, which I think was pretty good for me. Uh, but what ended up happening was my second VAP ended up like halfway across the table because of how Hemden worked. Um, so I kind of had to take the tact of securing my first VAP and then just blowing him off his home VAPs and like taking them from him. Um, 
which like is mostly what ended up happening. It was a weird game. I put like six wounds on the tank by like mid turn two and I didn't kill it until like the fourth to last activation of turn six um, because my arcs just started. That's wild. It is. It, my arcs just started bouncing, um, you know, and it was like, oh, uh, this isn't good. I'm not rolling any crits. I'm not rolling any surges. This is kind of a problem. Um, and so like halfway through turn four, I was like, I can't keep, I can't keep, I can't take sh- chances on not killing this anymore. I've got to use my arcs to actually do damage to my opponent, you know? Um, so like I, I sunk a bunch of wounds into the tank and then it just got to fire every turn for six turns. And that was like, all right. And Grievous got in there on turn three. Um, it was turn three or turn four. Uh, and Gre- Grievous had to move up. Um, he moved up like behind the building I was hiding behind and I like cohered around the corner. My Unileader couldn't see him. I had like two dudes and a Z6 to like try and like get some wounds on him before he like dove. Cause, and I wasn't going to be able to do anything about it. Like he was, he was coming over the top of that building and I was going to get trained in your Jedi arts and and like he was gonna hit like six units, so I was basically was like, I just gotta soften this up so that once he's in there, I can maybe kill him. Um, so I cohered around the corner with three dudes. Uh, I did four wounds to him uh, <laughs> with two black dice and six white dice in heavy cover. Uh, yeah, he wasn't thrilled about that, um, but Grievous never died. So like that also ended up like not mattering at all. Um, so like he he had these like two heavy focus pieces that I just had to like, I I killed everything other than like, like the only thing he had on the board at the end of the match was Grievous and two B1s. Um, I, think, I think I said it to you, Mike. I was like, you should kill everything on that table other than the tank and Grievous. Well, I mean, turns out I, I like basically did both uh, <laughs> to, to some extent, like, but it was, it was, the game turned into a real struggle because the things I was trying to do, like, didn't really go off super well. The thing that kind of got me back into it is that I played call me captain with Rex and range of like four to five units. And I just like stepped up with three strike teams back to back to back and just split fire into all of these units. Rex probably fire supported it like five or six times into like B ones with no cover. Right. I, I, you know, I think, I think like his dice might've killed like 20 B ones by themselves that game. Um, so Rex is an all-star. It was really weird. I was, I was tapping all my O pushes during the game, like I did not play take that clankers because we started on hemmed in and we were already too close. So I was just like using offensive pushes for like standard aim tokens, um, <laughs> which was kind of a weird usage, but it, it, was, weird. Of, it was nice to have, to be honest. <laughs> I, I've done that before. It feels super strange. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So uh, I was able to win my game, um, but it was a nail biter. It was like, it, it came down to the wire on turn six and he actually um, like he was really like trying to like make a play and he, he swiveled the tank and like tried to take two shots and then took the first shot with the gun that swivels and then realized that the second thing he wanted to shoot was outside his front firing arc. Oh, so he no. couldn't, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like after he took the shot, he realized that he actually couldn't target the second thing he wanted to shoot. Um, it yeah, was, the range two gun in front is fixed front, right? Yeah, he had the um, it was it was one of the shells he was shooting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, and and they're fixed front, so he he hit Oof. like one of my arc strikes with the with the four red die, didn't kill anything, and then like tried to you know he was he was trying to lock dirt and like put down a ton of suppression and stuff, right? Right. Um, and it just like. I think there was that was kind of like the pivot moment where I was able to kind of like kick the door in and kind of seal the deal. Um, but it was so tight. It was a really good game. Um, Ryan from Stabcast streamed it. So um, yeah, you have what double tank next? I think I've got double tank next. Um, honestly, I'm like kind of nervous about it because yeah. I wasn't really able to deal with a single tank super effectively. The next list is two tanks backed up by like four repair droids. Yeah, and and I've I've come to find out well in my games against double tankless, 
I feel like the B ones won't be nearly as exposed as the ones in this in this game. Yeah, uh, like they're, they're they're basically like I don't want to call them pass activations in double tank list, but they essentially can be pass activations. And he's just going to try and outrange you with the tanks, depending on what you got. So yeah, I mean he's not going to be able to outrange me, but like, um, it's like it's like a case where I am going to need to rely on like the Z six crit machine, right? Yeah, you know. Um, yep. And like sometimes you have to do that. I only put like two Z six shots into the tank this game. Um, both of them were like two to three crits though, so you know I think I got a little lucky there. Um, but yeah, the next next game is going to be a, a tough one to overcome, I think. So we'll see. What map are you playing on? It's a great question. I think it's the map we're all playing on. I don't know. Uh, do, 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 do. I'd have to look. I can tell you in just a second. Um, we are playing on Scarif. So I think it it's going to be hard to to hide six full squads of B one on that B ones on that map. It's just like you can you can hide them behind two tanks pretty effectively. Oh yeah, degree. I you mean, know, like you, you the, might have to tanks... do some like looking underneath the tank kind of situations. Yeah, I just like that the tanks provide their own their own terrain to yeah, some yeah. degree. They do. You know? um, so just another case see. of where you want to avoid KP at all costs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the good news is I'm pretty sure uh, I'm not totally positive off the top of my head, but I don't think Scarif has something that that the they can actually like fly on top of in the middle of the map. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's the double stack boxes. Yeah, I think so too. So I. I think. I think that they might actually not be able to like like if they can get on top of it. I can still like get under them and touch it. I think. Okay, there you go. So, but like, there's nothing the... worse than that when the AAT could just fully like encapsulate the middle. It's yeah. It's I've lost. I've yeah. lo- I've lost several games in that scenario. Yeah, that's but... why I dislike maps where. And uh, I say this having made one such map, but where there's just like a little crater in the center as the KP. <laughs> yeah, that was today. Yeah, I was like KP came came up in like the second slot, and sabotage was in the first, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not paying anything. So, um, yeah. So interesting. He chose not to ban to KP. It was a really weird ban phase. I passed both times um and well you were you were red so if you banned sabotage you would have just banned kp yes but it was just like one of those things where like i i was like looking at the objective cards and thinking what is the most optimal scenario for me and he like banned to it um which was a little weird and i was like i was like all right i guess we have very different ideas how like how we want to play this game because like we want the same thing which I don't know, <laughs> you know, like generally that's a sign that like something, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, I think he had good reasons for it, but as soon as we were setting up for Hemmed In on Sabotage, he was like, oh, my evaporators are not safe at all. <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah. <laughs> pretty much all the time on Hemmed In. Like VAPS with yeah, Hemmed In yeah. creates awkward scenarios. And that, that was really all I was going for. I was just like, I, I had intercept KP and sabotage and I'm like, well, KP is pretty terrible because the AAT just sits on top of the thing. Intercept is like kind of a toss up, but it's going to like make all my units in the same place for Grievous. That's not great. Sabotage at least like spreads us out a little bit. Um, and yeah, I think that that worked out. So um, I've played a lot of hemmed in sabotage. It's, it's chaotic. It's like a little bit what I thrive in, so I was happy with that. I think Hemden Sabotage is one of the most fun objective map combinations that exists. Totally, it's like it's just like it it takes the sabotage dichotomy and kind of throws it out the window to some extent. Um, yeah, because there are no safe apps on Hemden. It like assuming the red player wants there to not be right, like because right. you kind of can like still do it a little bit if you wanted to, but um, generally red player is just like nope. <laughs> putting it down here and we're going to have a fight um which is basically what we did so awesome well congrats thank uh, you do you know who and your next opponent's the double tank so it is double tank i think that's fresca pepsi it's it's fresca pepsi or or um one sec i was just looking at it or acer i think it's fresca pepsi 
Um, I played him in Team League. Yeah. He was running double tank. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, so he's, um, he's been doing it for a while. Yeah, um, and and I watched their game beforehand. I have a feeling he's pretty, like he he clearly is well versed in like cutting off choke points and stuff with tanks and stuff. Yeah, he's he's uh, good with the tanks. Yeah, so um, I'm sure I'm gonna have my hands full. Yep. Um, all right. Well, good luck. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I guess we already talked about your game a little bit. Um, do you want to kind of give us a synopsis there? Or? Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it already. It was um, uh, Vaps um, Long March, and basically his he was playing the 13 activation stab thing, and um, his stabs just kind of got out in front, sort of out of sync with his B1s a little bit, and I plastered him with B2 rockets. <laughs> And then it was, you know, I still had basically all my activations, which was, you know, included three B2s and Maul. And he had six B1s, three snipers, and a T-series. So, Yeah, and Maul was in a really good spot for you. He was. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you, you were also playing moisture evaporators. Um, right, and yeah. I was able to kind of, um, the way that the setup worked, uh, um, it was on Fugly. But there's a, there's a couple sort of like angled line of sight blockers. And I was able to kind of set it up such that... Um, based on where he was like flanking from his staps or with his staps either his staps could see my army or his b1s could see my army but not both um so that worked out pretty well but uh yeah i messaged mike uh right like turn zero and i was like dude the man just loves his evaporators he does i do it's true I don't remember. I, I don't remember if it was third slot or if that's the one that we ended up on some other way. But yeah, we ended yeah. up. Yeah, I've played a disproportionate quantity of evaporators. Yeah, I just like the difference between our two games. I played on the same objective. Like I don't know. Like it, it's it's strong. There's a strong difference between oh, the two yeah, games yeah. we played. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was zero chance that he was touching my evaporators with any units. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's talk about our main topic today, which is clone core slot, because we have done all the other core slots. So let's do let's do the Republic. There's yeah. only two, two options here, but they're both interesting. So let's do it. Yeah. Um, which one would you like to talk about first? Let's do phase ones first. Okay. The um, the new the new and cheaper phase ones. The new and cheaper phased ones. I noticed you did not use the word good there. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I actually think there are some, some interesting places for phase ones, especially with fives and and or direct if, in the mix. I don't know if it's the fact that phase ones aren't good. It's just that phase twos are still really, really good. Oh, phase twos are excellent. You know um, what I mean? I'm not sure that it's quite as binary of a choice anymore, though. No. <clears throat> I personally agree with you on the fives and the phase one as someone that likes to unload their surge tokens early and often um it's not a contest for me um but i i see i can see how some people like their phase ones you know um i personally am take a phase one if you can't afford phase two uh that's the boat i'm in um and you know uh, I don't know. I mean, like 75 plus points for a core unit that's Courage 1 is still kind of a lot. Um, and I'm not saying that it's too much, but it's just you, you got to make them effective. And um, I don't know. I Zach, I'm going to let you speak to this because I know you like your DC-15s, um, but I personally am, am much more on take like a one of phase one and take the rest phase two strain yeah i mean i probably i'm not as big on the dc 15 as i used to be uh mainly because of situational awareness being a thing sure and uh, like i I think dc 15s early on their their long critical value is like extremely extremely good uh i'm definitely in the camp of fives in a phase one with a specialist personally um i know i know you and i discussed this uh, you wanted the phase two for the extra surge token. I prefer the extra body uh, uh, on the on the fives unit, and then also you can generate an aim for you know take that clankers with the specialist. Cool. It's just like a good, good. Uh, 
I think it ends up being about the same points as a phase two with fives and offensive push, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's, it's yeah, it's not that different. Um, it's practically the same points. And and you're getting a courage two unit, not a courage one, because fives bumps you up. You're getting an extra body and you're still getting that aim token when you need it. And I just think it's 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 a really, really good unit. Um I think that if you're playing Anakin or Obi-Wan, that is when you really bring in phase ones or or the tank. That's when you're bringing phase ones because you need to cut points somewhere. Totally. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm doing that, I'm probably taking D6s. I've contemplated bringing Captain DP23s. I, I do think that there could be a success in there for people. Um, I do think the DP23 is actually really good. For, I think it got cut to, what, 23 points? Yeah. I mean, so I have, I have issues with all the weapons that aren't the Z6. That's the thing. Um, I, and I'm, and I'm that goes you. for phase ones and phase twos. No, I'm with you. Um, it's it's really hard to justify. So the thing is, at this point, like the thing that clones are good at is sharing tokens. And the thing that they're really good at is sharing aim tokens. Like that's just their thing because standby's gone. Dodges are fine, but the way you make your clone list effective is to share aim tokens. And um, the more dice you have in your pool, the more effective that is, you know, as far as like, being able to pass hits through cover without having to be redundant and like spending another pool to do it. So um, like the DC 15 is great, but like if your opponent's in heavy cover, you can only pass four hits through. And I know to like the average player, they're like, whoa, you can get four hits through. Like, that's great. Right. But like the Z6 can pass like seven or eight sometimes, you know, and it's, you know, that's a, that's like 200% more hits past cover. Which, which is the difference between wiping a B1 squad and not wiping a B1 squad. And that, and... <laughs> I think the thing is this, right? Is that for two plus years, we were so used to seeing the Rebels Z6, right? And we're used to seeing it kind of being like a bouncy weapon. Like it was, you know, the ceiling was high, but it would hit or miss. You never knew what you were getting. It was kind of like a slot machine. Yeah, with clones, totally you're like sometimes with, five crits, sometimes you know whatever. Right, but with clones, with aims and surges, the Z6 isn't really a Z6. It should be called something different. In your head, you should be thinking it's a different weapon because it is not a normal Z6. No, um, I mean the surge tokens alone, like right. like really pump the juice into the gun as far as how effective it is. It, it makes it totally different. Your name tokens, literally totally different gun. Uh, so I do think that if you're taking phase ones, you're either taking them with fives. If you're cutting corners, take a Z6. And then obviously there's the, the naked option uh, as a token battery, right? Yeah. You know, um, it all depends on your list makeup. Um, I, I, they're still good. Like, that's the thing. I, it just phase twos is phase twos just overshadow them, uh, essentially, even with the points bump on phase twos. Um, because it turns out reliable one and courage two are just worth those extra points. I don't know how else to put it other than it's worth those extra points if you have them. I, so I was, I was watching, um, I think, I think it was Doc Velo, Velo's game. He, he was playing a, it was an Olympics game. He won. Um, it was, he was playing, I think he was playing against, you remember playing against JJ. Yeah. JJ, um, JJ had, JJ had barks and some phase ones and it was a different yeah, maker. That was kind of a weird list. Um, but like doc had like six phase ones with like DC 15. So I think one of them might've had echo or something and he had a couple generics. And I, I remember watching him being like, man, every time this guy gets a suppression token, like that unit suppressed and, and I was like, man, this is this is a different way to play clones. Um, I think, you know, it it's possible that's good enough. Um, and I think I think in your average store, it probably will be. Um, I just I really can't give up the the courage to um, courage to drug at this juncture. So if if I may play devil's advocate here for a moment, go with, for it. Specifically, well, to, separately with respect to making up for the reliable and then making up with for the courage too in separate ways because the points difference is 14 points yeah. which is not insignificant um i think i think there's room for you know the clone commander is only 55 points he's got a command slot you can slap strict orders on them he's got direct which essentially is what makes strict orders go right you can copy yeah. it with fives totally. so if you're taking like phase one with the fives anyway um 
I think you can have some quantity of phase ones with heavies that you think you can reliably get face up orders to, which could be like two to three with strict orders to make up for the courage difference. And you can get some good cost savings there. I mean, at least one, because you're going to get one free face up order from direct every turn. Yeah. My issue with like the strict thing is that like, you, like strict in a face up is still worse than courage too. Sure, it is. Right, right. Like you, you still have a very difficult time dealing with two suppression tokens. Yeah, and sure, but there's also it's also cheaper considerably. It it, it totally is, no doubt. I have found generally just in with the clone lists that you very much like need your units. Like your units are so high profile, whether they're phase ones or phase twos. Regardless, like if they lose an action, it's a really big deal. It hurts. It like really, really hurts. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, it's similar to like the stormtrooper issue, right? Where you're like, I really need a name token right now. And like you can sort of get around that with phase ones by like sharing those name tokens. No doubt. Um, but I just like sometimes you really need to move and shoot and Courage one makes that tough sometimes. So yep. I do think I do think that there are places for phase ones. Um, I play I play a phase one in my Rex Star list. Uh, uh, I, I think that you know if you're playing lightsabers, you should play phase ones. I played four, three or four phase ones on that match against Yuka. Yeah, well, that was a very different animal. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so so part two of my Devil's Advocate is. DC 15 is what, four more points than a Z6? So it's 79 versus 75 on the phase yeah, one. Yeah. Sounds about right, yeah. Um, could the critical one on there kind of act as like a reliable light if you assume that you're spending your surges on offense or some significant percentage of surges on offense? <clears throat> so I'm different than Mike, I think. I think Mike is a little bit aggressive with his... Uh, I ran out of surges a few times today because I was playing yeah. on offense. See, so I was like, ooh. <laughs> I, I, I typically try to so like even out my surge token. So I disagree that it works like reliable because I typically would like to use them on defense rather than offense. Um, that's me personally, but I can understand the offensive side of, side of it, you know, acting like that. The issue is, right, is that if you run up against a list that has situational awareness, that critical one's doing you nothing. And now your dice pool is significantly lower, uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. I do think that we look, we have like very different ways of looking at this. I am very much in the camp. If you roll a surge, spend it unless it, unless it doesn't do anything. Right. Um, just because like, you, you can't really count on them coming up again. Like sure. Like statistically they should come up again, but like the amount of time when I leave surge tokens on the table, I feel bad about it. I'm like, this does not feel good to me. I am wasting resources. Right. Um, and I think it should be noted that you're playing a gun line where you want to kill things. And I'm typically playing Obi-Wan and I'm trying to play a slower, not a slower game, but like a, a more deliberate game where I'm looking for those volleys to be even and then use Obi-Wan to tip the scales. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that the, the difference in play style here kind of speaks to the list we play, but like my list is really at its core, just fundamentally trying to, and be as efficient as possible in the resources that it's allowed. Your list is kind of a little bit more like I can get in there with Kenobi sometimes and just like spike the ball, right? right. Um, yeah, and it's basically I bide my time until I can get Kenobi in, and that's why the surge token dis disperse, you know, like dispersing is a little bit differently than yours. Yeah, um, and so like I'll just like if, if I roll those surges, I'm spending them. Like I so like for me, I just like want like twelve at the beginning of a turn and. Um, I had that a couple times today. It was great. Um, but yeah, that's pretty achievable, actually, especially with three pips. Yeah, totally. You know, and and with direct and everything now, it's a little bit more reasonable. Um, I will say, so I personally would feel much better about the DC fifteen if it if it was like the same points as the Z six. I'm not sure that it should be. I like I don't know the answer to that question, but I do think that the Z six is the best gun. That the, the the phase ones have like that they can take and i don't think it's really close um like i think like i think if they were the same price you still might take the z6 um 
and, and whether that means the Z6 needs to go up in price or the TC15 needs to come down, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, it's honestly just faction relevant because I think if the DC-15 was available to other core units and other factions, you might just take it. Yeah, oh, no, totally. You know I mean, what I mean? Like, like I, if you just, like, took the DC-15 and replaced the DLT-19 in, like, the Stormtrooper unit, it would be amazing. Totally. Right? right. Like, Critical 1 instead of Impact 1? Sign me up, right? Like, um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a question of with clones you're dealing with potentially a lot of aim tokens. Therefore the actual quantity of dice you're throwing is much more important than their quality. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that like the DC 15 doesn't really combo with aim tokens super well. And that like, if you're taking range four pot shots, like, I mean, like, yeah, you can reroll like two red dice with basically surge crit, but like that does trust me. Like when you're rerolling arc trooper dice, it doesn't feel good which is basically the same thing, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, you want to be rerolling blank dice with your aim tokens. Yep. I will say DC 15s can be a good uh, fire support platform. I, I, I think that there is a conversation to be had about like taking one to like enable a Z6 to like follow it up with a fire support. Like Absolutely. I, I think I, I could definitely see that. I can see like a DC 15 captain, you know, that has like offensive push or something um the you know five black dice and two i I think i think the dc 15 gets a little bit more stomachable if it's in a six-man squad for sure um so all right so how about phase twos we kind of already talked about them but yeah i mean like uh, i don't they're still probably the best core in the game i mean i personally i don't well they're also the most expensive one (laughs) yeah yeah um they're just so good. I, I, I mean, I keep on circling back of it. Coverage two and reliable. Um, I, it really is. Mike said, it's like, it's like a drug. Like the coverage two is just, it's a drug. Uh, I think I, I've had this conversation on here and on the discord. It, it's really like playing special forces in your core, you, you know, your core slot. And uh, once you do that, it's hard to go back. I mean, do you have any times I go, go to build a list and I'm like, Oh well, if I do this, I could at least play a couple phase ones, and I'm like, ah, well, I can bump it up and just take a phase two anyway. So what's the point? It happens all the time. It really does. Uh, it's kind of sickening, actually. I, like it makes me sick every time I do it. Yeah, I mean, I do think that, like, um, if if they didn't also have like if, if they had a DC fifteen instead of a Z six, I think it, we'd be having a different conversation. Um, oh, totally. totally yeah, totally. you know, and, and I think the fact that they have the best gun that the other core unit has, and they have all these bonuses on top of it, is really interesting. I do think with the points adjustments, it is more reasonable to take like two phase twos and three phase ones or something like that. I do think that like if you have the points, you should take phase phase two z6s instead of phase one z6s if you have the points um you know they are really like special forces to some degree you know they just when when they act they do the thing you want them to do like pretty much every time um and that's pretty invaluable i i don't really have a ton to say here other than like you know, you should put offensive push on them and be happy about it. Um, That's another thing. I keep on alluding to uh, reliable and coverage too, but like the training slot's also huge. It's also huge. Like right. huge. Like you're like, okay, we have awesome offensive push. Now we have to take that clankers on all of our core units. Um, and, and I think when it, when it comes to maybe like the, the, the core conversation here, I also think that like, we really need to talk about fives and echo. Um I don't think Echo is should be in your core units. No, I agree with um, you. He's he's too expensive as a heavy. Um, he really inflates the cost of the unit, and he really suffers without sharpshooter. He's basically like a DC fifteen that has lethal. That's literally what he is. Actually, um, I tested it a couple times, and this is how I felt. Phase twos want to be jousting with your opponent at like range three. Mm-hmm. and putting echo at range three puts him at risk of being shot back and his point cost he gets like if your opponent focuses that echo unit down you are going to be down points quickly 
like like that is a that is a, a lot of points to lose in a unit and go down in um and yeah you could put offensive push on it and yes you can share aims but i just i did not like it at all when i did i mean i think that goes phase ones too right just i i wouldn't put echo in a core unit um fives on the other hand um i don't think that there are many things in this game that are auto include and zach i know you said this before but fives is if there's anything in this game that is an auto clued in a specific factions list. I think it's fives. Like literally, I start every list with him in the in in the list building. Like yeah. it's, I either go with phase one or phase two. Let's say I start with a phase two, then I need to shave points. I'll put him in a phase one or all that stuff. But I start there. Yeah. Like it's too invaluable. Like the value he brings to the list is just you can't even put it into words. I I will say, if you're not doing stuff with command slots. He's less of a requirement, I think. Sure. Not if you're not playing aggressive tactics, you're not playing strict orders, you know, whatever. He's he's less of a requirement. However, if you're playing clones, you're doing that, you know. Um, So, and and there's also the the whole direct fire support, like like to be able. The biggest thing that fives brings to the table in my eyes is the ability to set up multiple fire supports on one pip turns you're like oh i played a one pip i have three orders on the table so not only can i go with the unit that wants to fire i'm going to add 10 dice you know and you're going to feel it and and i think i think that's a big deal right like fives himself is not 10 dice but the unit he's giving an order to probably is because it's a z6 so you get to go with your cool sweet unit your focus piece or whatever and then fire support on a one pip turn that was not really something you could do before at least in with any certainty um and it's very powerful yeah and on the flip side uh and i know it's a different conversation we'll get to that point but on the flip side like fives should always be in your core i think and not on your special forces yeah Um, which is a whole different discussion but i just want to note that that he should be on your phase one or phase twos and probably never, <clears throat> probably never on your arcs. Yeah. I think, I think uh, that's, that's very true. Um, fives is definitely, I guess, I guess you could technically put him in a strike team. Couldn't you? You technically I, could. I mean, like technically. Yeah. I'm not saying you should. <laughs> no. Yeah. You technically could. Um, that feels like a Yavin base team league type of thing where you kind of have to, to do it, which I think I might've done it. Honestly, we were messing around with lists. Sure. But yeah, no, you really should not be doing that. <laughs> well, and that's that's because he functions much more like a quote unquote standard heavy weapon upgrade for a core unit, right? He's range yeah. three. Um, and he also has a courage buff. So it's kind of a waste to to make that courage buff on a special forces unit that already has courage too. Yeah. I, I do and think may that, or may not be getting shot in the thick of things. Yeah. I know Zach, you're a big advocate of the fives phase one. Um I do want to just like tout the fives phase two thing a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, having it's a great. courage three unit in your clone army can sometimes be like a real lifesaver for, for, for a couple of reasons. First, it's almost impossible to suppress them. Um, second, if, if your commanders die, you can be like, Oh, I have a courage three bubble now, <laughs> which is like something you can't get unless you take Anakin or Kenobi. Um, yeah. And opponents will try and focus fire fives. Like if they have the chance to, and so I, like uh, yeah that's like a big thing to have to fall back on trust i no i, I get it trust me yeah I, and i i do think that um it might not seem like a lot on the surface but the extra wound you get on fives is kind of a big deal it just keeping keeping the unit alive i don't think it's like very good from like a how good is this unit perspective but i do think when it comes time to preserve unit leaders and that time will inevitably come in your legion career like being able to have an extra wound in your unit kind of for like pseudo free, it can be, can be pretty strong. Um, well, and if you do the phase one plus specialist rat, you've got a seven wound clone unit. Yeah. Disgusting. It's kind of, it's kind of That's, disgusting. That throws eight black dice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which is good. No doubt about it. I'm not going to pretend it. It's not. So. Well, the phase two one is six, which is still all kinds of beef. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't know. I don't, I guess like talking about 
clone core outside of just like breaking down the units um you really need to keep them together if if i were to tell you anything do not split them up unless you're sure that the units that are breaking off are going to survive and can't be suppressed like you got to be real sure that that's not going to happen because it, keeping them balled up and sharing tokens is how you keep them effective. For instance, in my clone list, the way, like the thing I did today was I led with my phase one unit with all the phase two units behind them. And I was like, okay, my phase one is going to do my evaporator and shoot you and stuff. So you're going to have to kill my crappy unit before you, like, I'm going to share my, my tokens from my, expensive valuable units to the unit that is the same when it's not suppressed to make you shoot that unit and then my valuable units are going to come in and clean you up um and and but you got you can't do that if they're not together um it's very important yeah i i, I usually describe it in a weird way i call it like a revolving door and what i mean is that like you put a unit in front like you're talking about yeah. And they do their work and then they start to backtrack and another unit kind of follows them up and start in like, kind of like that. You just keep on cycling out units that are trying to do what you're trying to do. Um, that way, like when you start taking hits, you get them out, you preserve that unit and they're still functioning with your army. And yeah. it's, a, it's a huge deal. And, and like oftentimes, unless you're like in a full on gunfight, you're only shooting with two to three clone units a turn sometimes that aren't like arc strike teams. So you, you, you have tokens to share. You, you have the job, Hey, I need to generate tokens. And then you have the job. I need to be shooting things and you can kind of switch the jobs as, as your core units get depleted. I actually like, um, you know, the finals game from last season's single elims was a really good, like, uh, Luke Cook was playing um, Rex Star, and, and he was just—he was really cycling his units very well to a point where it—it really—I mean, I ended up losing because of it, um, frankly. And and he—he he was just very good at what what he was doing with that. If if you want to see a good case example of someone doing that, that's a good game to watch. Um, I uh, I think that's on turn six crits with uh with ty if you are looking for it i don't know if it's still up on twitch though it's been a while so um but yeah cycling core units in in republic is really important are right, you guys got anything to add um not really i think <laughs> i think that that covers it for the most part i i do want to just add um fire support um, should really only be used if your intent is to like uh, definitely eliminate a unit with it. You know, if, if you're not going to eliminate, if, if you don't think you're going to eliminate a unit or the odds say that you're not going to eliminate a unit, um, you shouldn't do it. And I say that having done it today, um, <laughs> but like it was, uh, you know, I, 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 I think I like clocked for like three or four minutes as I was like counting up like what the fire support die was in my head. And I was literally saying out loud to my opponent, I was like 32, 40, 44, 48, you know, you know, just like counting through the statistical average of the fire support. And I came to the conclusion, I was like, well, this isn't going to kill Grievous, but, but I don't, I don't got anything else. So this is what I'm going to do, you know? Um, and I ended up doing like one wound with like, 15 dice it was really bad um <laughs> i was not thrilled with it but um now i'm with you i very rarely will fire support unless i like deem it worth it yeah and it, it often like if if you're gonna fire support a unit it's better to fire support a unit with weak saves than strong saves um just because like the num raw number of hits like matter a lot more and that like you can be a little bit more sure that, that it's gonna it's gonna do what you want it to do um sometimes like if you're shooting other red surgeon units and you fire support them they just like they save out of it and you're like all right uh well i just burned two activations yeah yeah um i had a little bit of a advantage today and that i was just taking activations off the board left and right there, which, which allowed me to do that but there is a uh like a niche conversation that if you're if you have a unit that is like on panic and you just want to fire support 
with them. Like that's more or less if you're bringing phase ones, right? Totally. More so I, than phase twos. Uh, uh, but I have seen yeah. people do it to save like a panic situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, you know, and I do think that that's like a little bit more reasonable with direct and fives and all that going around. Like you can very easily give a unit with like six suppression, a face up order and just be like fire support, <laughs> you know, and, and you can kind of get around that. Um, I haven't, I honestly have not had that come up a lot. Um, I neither have I personally, but, but it is a niche case. Like you pointed out that it, it is an effective tool to handle. Uh, so other than that, I don't got anything else. How about you guys? Yeah, just uh, good luck in your games and uh, death to the 13, baby. I think I think that's mostly been accomplished at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, both of us are clear of those for the foreseeable future. Yeah, um, it it was. I was joking a little bit with Gas today. I was like, man, you know, I I felt I felt sort of confident against about thirteen activation stabs. I'm I'm a little bit less confident against Grievous and AAT, um, just because you know other guns are things I can handle lightsabers get a little bit there's a razor's edge we walk there sometimes um, but yeah yep well good luck to everyone else still in invader elims all 60-ish of you 58 something yeah, like I that think, I think we're sub 60 at this point yeah yeah um, alright we are the notorial scoundrels I'm Kyle I'm Mike I'm Zach Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>